Okay, we are now in the room of my bus Lagani of Zayin. And we're continuing the discussion of the Jewish people having the title, the Army of Hashem. And it's on page Chavav. And we just concluded the Rema Rash's teaching how the function of a Jew in this world is to change the world. He's not just trying to uh, indicate that things in this world have, a, have some kind of divine source, but a Jew is able to actually change the substance of the world. And we brought a teaching to Marash, how Gemara's uh, question, what does the world stand on? Gemara's answer, it stands upon Yehishmei Rabbah, how this is not just a question of... of um, why does the world exist? The world exists because the word of Hashem says it should exist. That's why it exists. And Masha's question is, uh, the Gemara's question is, after we have learned in the Gemara that every single day, since the destruction of the temple, every single day's curses is worse than the day before, how can the world maintain a, a, uh, any, any, it, how can it endure the curses and how can it, how can it fight against them, and how can the world ever, ever, ever recover and, and be the way it's supposed to be? And so Rosh says, the Gemara's answer, the Yehish Mirabha is very significant. Gemara's answer is, Yehish Mirabha is referring to the greatness of Hashem, how Hashem is beyond all seven names. And that Gadata is referring to the inner dimension of Torah. So when a Jew learns the inner dimension of Torah, it brings down this infinite light of Hashem in the world, and it changes the very substance of the world. It's not just that it causes us to uh, feel something nice, but it actually changes. And the Ramash brings this a, a physical phenomena that the physiognomy of a person just changed by learning Torah. The light of Torah causes a person to live differently. It, it's, it's as Arya mentioned yesterday, a person's uh, face is different because of his wisdom. So a, the, the Torah actually has something that's noticeable in the world. The substance changes through the light of Torah. So. That's the um, that's the, the reason why Jews in this world not just to to indicate things to show on things but to actually to change things make things look different and 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 to change the substance of things. We get in this world learning and diving and he changes stuff. And that's the meaning of the of the Friedrich words that Jew transforms the sheker of the world and he emphasizes that the shekhar of the world is a very strong kind of shekhar. There's an attachment to the shekhar. There's a kesha to the shekhar. And a Jew is able to transform it to become a board, a place for Hashem to rest. Continuing now on this theme, the Rebbe now is going to focus on one of the translations of the word army of Hashem. We said the word army has three translations. Army means army, tzva means army, it means um, color. And now we're going to focus on the translation of tzva as time. The simple meaning of that emphasis is that you have, you have a role to do and you have a time to get, ask it done and focus on who you are and what has to get done. That's a simple emphasis. We're going to see now how these are not simple words at all. And the meaning of time is not simple at all. And this, this, this nuance of time of, it has a lot to do with um, expressing the uh, connection to God's essence as we shall see. And the and the highlighting the the um, central um, centricity that this world has in the scheme of things. That word, the time, 
has a lot. It, it underscores the word, the essence of Hashem, and the eccentricity of this world. And we shall see. But hold on to your hats. It gets a little deep over here. We're going to, into the Oizayin, and we're going to learn a teaching there by Hashem mm-hmm. to explain this. Oizayin by Maimer, and Maimer concludes. Far slower, listen. <coughs> Page Chavav. The Friedrich concludes in that Mimer that that's why we're called the army of Hashem because we bring down and we reveal Yudkevavkin. But Tzva is man mugbul, the word Tzva means a limited time. In every Jew, in his efforts, in the time that God allots to each person, he's supposed to bring down the Echad. That's and Yamim Yoitzer, God gives each person days, to bring down the oneness of Hashem in those days. That it should shine, it should be revealed through his efforts, the oneness of God. That's what it's about. Next paragraph. What's the emphasis on the word Sva meaning a limited time? A limited time. What, what do those words mean, a limited time? Well, what's your word that you notice right away that doesn't seem to belong there? <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. The Freak uses the words Zman Mugbul. Which one of those words? The word Mugbul seems to be extra. If it's time, it's, 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 it's limited, isn't it? Time, time has limitations. So what, what, why does Freak emphasize that it is a limited time? Time could also exist in a way that it's not limited. Ratsi and Shuv are also an idea of time. Time really means change. And Ratsi and Shuv means that the light of Hashem yearns to go to its source, and then it retracts and goes back to descending and fulfilling its, its role that God gave it, Shuv. So that, that um, tension of Ratsi and Shuv that movement uh, above and then that descent below, it's also the idea of time. Uh, so says actually the heartbeat of a person uh, is connected to Ratsi and Shuv, the fact that all of creation is constantly in the sense of yearning to go back to its source, and then uh, descending back into the world. Um, so the Chassidus has the term Mati Vilei Mati, that term is reserved for Ratsi and Shuv in the highest source. That, that, that idea of the light descending and, and going back to its source. But regardless, time does not have to be, as it is in, in this world, limited. There's a way time exists in, a high, in higher worlds as change, and it's not before and after, and it's not limited. Therefore, the Fereqa emphasizes that we're, we, are, we want to focus on the role of a Jew in this world and how time has a limit. We're talking about the way time has a limit. The connection that the word Sva has with the word time is because of the limitation in time. The word Sva could mean many things, but we want to focus on the fact that it has the limitation of time. What's the proof that Sva means time? It says in the Pasuk, there is a limited time for man on earth. So that Word Tzva, and that Pasuk means limited time. There's man mugbuldavk. And that's the Fyrikab explains this Maimer. She was man mugbuldavk, that within this limited time, in the 
precise amount of days that God gives each person, he is supposed to affect that in this limited time there should be in this limited time there should be revelation of God's oneness. Okay. So what is the emphasis on the fact that we have a limited time? I mean, if you're learning a Musr Dika thing, if this was Musr, we would say, oh, you know, it's, it's telling us that we have uh, only limited time. And as the Kafirikab says that the, a, a clock is a silent Musr Zagar. A clock is a silent, uh, always giving you, always rebuking you. Looking at the time, you see how time passes. So that, that, that's, that's a, there is something to, uh, when you focus on your mission and you think about that you have limited time, it, it's definitely a, 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 a very, very powerful message. But here, the Rebbe Rashab is going to show us how the word limited time uh, has a far more profound uh, message. Let's go further. Rebbe Rashab explains in his mimer on the words, an order that all the nations of the world should know that Hashem is God. The word das means to know, and Chassidus says doesn't just mean to know, but to know in a way that's tangible, you feel it. And in this mind, Rebbe Rashab says the word das means to break. Because in order for this knowledge to impact all nations of the world, it has to shatter the klippa that existed before. So this knowledge is it's similar to what we're learning in this week's passion, Parashas Veira, about uh, the, the, the Egyptians knowing about Hashem, that it came at a price. They, they, that knowledge wasn't free. They, they learned it the hard way. So, it says Rebbe Rashab, in this mimer, the Jew causes the world to know that Hashem is Elohim by a Jew doing his Aveda in Havayu Hu Elohim. Havayu Elohim means Yukivavke, Hashem who is infinite, Hashem who is beyond nature. He is also Hashem, how Hashem contracts himself in nature, which means. <clears throat> don't think that there is one Abishter who is supernatural, and there's another Abishter or a different Abishter who is within nature. Hashem, who Elikim, there aren't two different uh, two different uh, gods. As far as this, this is this is a problem that 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 uh, uh, people have have in different ways. I mean, we learned this past Shabbos how. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu tells, tells Hashem, as soon as Hashem appoints him to uh, uh, tell the Jewish people they're going to leave Mitzrayim, Moshe's response to Hashem is, well, they may ask me, or not more accurately, they're going to ask me what your name is. What should I tell them? <laughs> the Rebbe's question is, why is Moshe so sure that's the question they're going to ask? I mean, why is that the number one thing they're going to want to know? And don't they know Hashem's name? Didn't, isn't there a tradition from one generation to the next that... that, that how to call Hashem? Don't, don't ever, doesn't ever know how to talk to Hashem? What's the meaning of, their, of Moshe Rabbeinu's um, reflexive response to Hashem's mission? They're going to ask me what your name is. And what should I say? And what's Hashem's answer? Hashem makes a bunch of sentences. My name is, I shall be with them in this trouble, and I'll be with them in the next trouble. What's the response? And we learned this amazing, amazing Sikhah, this Shabbos. That was a crying, the whole Fabrengen. Uh, I read some diaries about the Fabrengen that the Rebbe was wiping his face with a napkin. He was crying. He stopped in the middle of the Fabrengen on Pari bathed with Jewish blood. And the, ba- the basic point the Rebbe says is that a name of Hashem <coughs> indicates the way Hashem, the flow of godliness to the world. <coughs> and 
and um, when when the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim and they see Paro shechting Jewish children and bathing in their blood, they're saying, "What? Where is this coming from? Who, who, what? What kind of conduct is this?" And you're saying, "You're telling us, Moshe, and Hashem is Rachmanes on us, and going to redeem us. What's going on?" So Moshe responds to them that Hashem feels their pain. Hashem says, I, I'm with them in this, in this, it's not just that I know about it, that I feel that pain, it's not, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not insensitive to what's going on, I am with them in this trouble, I can with them, be them in the next trouble. I, I'm with them. So, Eke Asher I'm with them. And the Jew says, okay, you're with us, what does that do for me? You feel the pain, but if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in this, in this situation, and you can't, and you're, and you're not doing anything about it. Why are you allowing this to happen? If you're with me, if you if you have rachmanus on me, so so Hashem continues and says, tell the Jewish people that um, that my name is hidden in exile. That this that even in exile, when Hashem is, when things are going on, you have no idea why they're happening. It's not that a yud kevavke stops to exist. Not that Hashem's mercy stops to exist. It's there. Not only is it there, ze zichri, ze shmi lo olam, ze zichri there there. This is my name forever, and the word forever is written out of Vav. Rashi says it means hide my name. That means Hashem's name is hidden in exile. It says, Zichri, this is a way that you should call upon me. It means it's possible to evoke God's mercy in Golis too, that even when there's a time where Hashem's, uh, you don't see Hashem uh, exhibiting mercy to the Jewish people, it's still there, and it's still influential on what's happening in the world. And we're able to call that forth through our davening, and that's what happened now at the time of redemption, he didn't call out the Abish, and Hashem's mercy was revealed. But it's not that Hashem's mercy is not there when, um, when, when it's not seen. It's not that Hashem's infinity and Hashem's miraculous power is not there. In fact, what we look at as nature, this is what kept Hashem going, by the way, in Russia. The, the, the fact that that even though things are going on, they don't get it, but they know that you know it's beyond nature. They're not, they're not under the hands of the KGB, they're not under the hands of nature. So that's the Avayi Davayit. Avayi Davayit is to reveal Havayi Ulakim. So Ebra Hashab continues this theme by explaining a uh, section in, in Davening. In Davening on Shabbos, right before Kiladin, we say there's no comparison to Hashem our God in this world. Um, there's, no, there's no one besides from you in the world to come. Uh, there's no one similar to you and uh, uh, but there's there is nothing aside from you when Mashiach will come, our Savior and uh, our Redeemer, and there's no one like you uh, at the time of the resurrection of them. So this statement in Davening, Ebra Shab explains how the, these words are, are so says in many places are, are four different levels of, of godliness. <clears throat> and the one that gets that that the, the highest level is the one that's in this world. There is no one like you. That's something we only say in this world. In the higher world, you don't say the words. There's no one who has any comparison to you. In other worlds, you don't see this idea that there's nothing that, that nothing that can compare to Hashem. In fact, in the higher world, you would think that godliness has some kind of relationship to creation, and that that, that Hashem has some limitation. The only way you get to know there's no one who is compared to Hashem. That, that, that Hashem is has no limitation whatsoever, that's a message you only get from this world. This world exhibits the truth that there's no one who has any comparison to Hashem. It would seem like the, the, the words in Davening are going to progressively higher order, right? That there's no one who compared to you in this world, but in the next world to come, there's no one besides you. 
and there's nothing at all other than you, Mashiach will come. And there's nothing. But we're going to see, there's no one who can compare it to you. It's something that this world itself shows more than the other worlds. How so? This concept, as no one who can, that there is no one who can compare to you, is something that which is noticeable only in this world. Why? The Rambam says that to say that there are creatures that have a limited form, and yet these creatures are infinite in number, is a lie. You cannot say it's false. You cannot say that the lim- that limited creatures, uh, there's an infinite amount of limited creatures. If the, each creature has limitation, then there must be a, a number to all of them together. You can't say there's a limited amount of creatures. I don't know if this is the time and place for it, uh, but a friend of mine once once brought this ramam as a as a uh, to, to to express how time has a beginning, because each moment in time. It's a change. It's like imagine if someone will bring a watch into this room uh, every for every second of every for every second, every second, every moment in time, it bring a watch in the room. So you have to say there was a moment when the first watch was brought in. If each second has limited time, then there must be a first second. You can't have an infinite amount of watches, right? So if each if there's a measured if there's a measured change in the world, you have to say there's a first moment of creation. You can't say the world always existed. It's not really relevant to the Mimer, but upon the point I'm trying to say is that there cannot be an infinite amount of limited creatures. If there, each creature is limited, the Ramam says, so then there, there, is, um, th- there must be a limitation to how many creatures there are. Okay? She actually is yeshmi ayin shir beifin yeshmi ayin shir So if, if there is a progression from one creature causing another creature to evolve, you have to say that there is a limit to their involvement. If one, if, if there's a domino effect, and one thing is causing the other thing, to, ca- causing an effect on something else, you have to say that there's a last, there's a first domino and there's a last domino. If, if there's a limited change that each creature is affecting the other, you, you have to say that, the, that that there is a final domino. You cannot say that it goes on infinitely. Not that at this, not, not that it won't continue to go on. It could, it could continue to go on, and it may continue to go on as long as it will go on. But right now, if there is change, that if there is a influence from one thing to another, from one thing to another thing, there has to be a. There has you cannot say it's infinite. There must be a measurement of if A causes B and B causes C. You must say that that there is a limit to how many things we're dealing with. Yesh me yesh has a limit. Something from something has a limit. A cause B and B cause C, and there's a there's a beginning point and there's an ending point. That's all true when you're dealing with things that each thing has limitation. Sorry. Oh. So Chassidus says, says Take, that um, that Hashem imbued in limited finite creation a concept of infinity, and uh, that's noticeable in the fact that 
we find infinity in each species in the world. We find infinity in each um, each creature in the celestial spheres. So these uh, celestial beings, they have in them an inyan of Ainsaf. They have something in them which is infinite. There's something infinite that's imbued in their... It's not, 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 not uh, possible without something infinite being there. Their... their um, the, the fact that the, the we, say, we say the sun is a natural being and just a natural thing is, is it's, it's false. For something to, to, to continue to be as strong as it was, they, God created it. It it, it it's, it's that shows that this thing has some infinite power in it. It's it, it's to say it yeah it, it shines and it gives heat and it's fire and it goes. It it, it, it is something that's infinite in the in the uh, infinite power of Hashem, which allows it to be as the Gemara the Torah says you is chazakam kimibarim as strong as the day God created them. So that means there's something infinite in there, and that's why there's no, there's no change. So th- there is something um, infinite, not only in, in, in what you're pointing out, that, that there is an, a, 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 in things don't change, in the consistency of different various creatures that show there's something infinite in them. Um, the fact that... Um, there is a um, existence of all other all other um, things that exist besides this world are conscious of their creator in some way. The world of Yitzira, the Rebbe says, is like angels have left the throne room. So they've been in the throne room. They know what it's about. The, the, the world of Bria, which is the throne room itself, they, they're in front of the, 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 the king. They, they're conscious of the king. The world of Atsilus, the, the king in his chambers, that world certainly all there is is, is godliness. Each world has some kind of consciousness of their creator. It's only in this world that we find this, this total gap of that we, in the words of Tanya, we feel that we, our existence comes from ourselves. That, that's our, that's our um, default feeling, that we don't have a source. So this, this default feeling that we don't have a source um, indicates our lowliness. That's why when, when it says in the Medrash that Hashem wanted a home in the lowest realm, the Alter Rebbe says, what is the meaning of the lowest realm? It cannot mean physically. It can because Hashem does beyond space and time and whatever. So what's the meaning of the lowest realm? It means the lowest in, the, in regards to the concealment of Hashem's light. So which world is a world that's the lowest in the concealment of Hashem's light? It's this world. It's a world that, that there's a total concealment. El the words of the Alter Rebbe, there's no world lower than this world. How is it lower? Because you don't see at all the light of Hashem. So this world, there's a you see this break of yesh me'ayin. See, in this world, this, this concept that there's a something which does not have, you don't see its source. The way this world emerges from the worlds above it is not in a similar way than all the worlds uh, evolve from each other. All the worlds are yesh me'yesh. There's something from something. There's something, there, there's a connection between, there's a shtalshlos, there's a chain. There's a way that the top of the bottom rung of the chain connects to the bottom of the top, the higher rung of the chain. You see a connection to all the other rungs. You don't see this concept of an infinite jump. Uh, you see this, this relationship, on the contrary, you see that, the, so, so the concept of Eina Reicha Chazonu is any comparison to Hashem, that you only get from this world. 
all other all other worlds on the contrary the, the world itself indicates its relationship to the world above it you see that the light that is the, the light of atzilus comes from the light above atzilus the light of Bria comes from the light of of of, of, of atzilus so to have this 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 truth that Hashem is has no comparison to creation is something that that you only learn in this world think of the distinction between the Ramak and the Arizal the Ramak says that Meshkodavori uh, before the Arizal says that the distance between this world and Atzilus is less than the distance between Atzilus and the Einsof right the distance in this world and Atzilus doesn't mean of course physical distance but the the uh, Change between this world and the world of Atzilus is smaller than the change between the Ur and Sof and Atzilus. The Rizal doesn't like that. The Rizal says that means that this world is farther removed from the Ein Sof and Atzilus. Maybe there's a smaller distance between Atzilus and Ein Sof than there is in the here in Atzilus, but that also means that this world is a little bit more distant, a little more, a little bit lower. Then Atzilus is in comparison to Ein Saf. That means that Ein Saf has a limitation. And that's why Atzilus is closer than this world. Atzilus, it's farther to go from Atzilus to Ein Saf than it is to go from this world to Atzilus. But this world is even farther from Ein Saf than Atzilus is. Right? That's what the, the Meshachar Devari says. This world is farther from Ein Saf than Atzilus is. That means that that's not that, that, that's not there's no comparison. There's a comparison. We have our relationship, Atzilus has its relationship, and, and there's a, there's how different we are. We are lower, we are farther. The Ariza came along with the concept of Tzimtzum and taught, as Altav explains, that there ain't a rechacha. There is no one who has any comparison to you. That this world and Atzilus are equally and no comparison to Hashem. It's not that this world is farther than an Atzilus is closer. Atzilus and this world are equally, have no comparison to Hashem. And where do we see that? We see that specifically in this world. How do we see it in this world more? We started off saying because of the concept of concealment, but it's, 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 there's more than that. We'll get to it tomorrow.